Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunarian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom to three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique, non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season two of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. Hello, lovely listeners. I'm so thrilled you're tuning in today and gaining insights from our podcast. If this episode resonates with you, I invite you to delve deeper by checking out the show notes. You'll find enriching details about today's discussion and an exclusive opportunity to join our free Facebook group, Awaken Souls. Awaken Souls is a sanctuary for women on a path towards sobriety, whether you're just curious or already on this transformative journey. It's a place of solidarity and understanding where you can forge connections with women who share your commitment to an alcohol-free life. Inside, you'll find specially crafted free resources that are designed to empower and support you every step of the way. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could leave a rating. Your feedback is invaluable, helping me to bring more of the content that touches and inspires you. Together, we're building momentum on this journey towards wellness. Remember, you are not alone. I am here with you, supporting you at every turn. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast, and today marks the exciting kickoff of season two. I'm your host, Gina, and in this season, we're continuing our deep dive into transforming the power of self-discovery and healing. To start the session with a burst of inspiration, we have an extraordinary guest with us, Sharon Jean Land, a licensed holistic psychotherapist and spiritual guide. Sharon is not just a healer, she's a luminary in the realms of trauma healing and conscious leadership coaching. In today's episode, Sharon unveils her remarkable journey from the early days of recognizing her unique gifts to the evolution into a healer who empowers others to find their passions and achieve holistic success. Her approach is a fascinating blend of clinical techniques, spiritual wisdom, and scientific insights, offering a profound new perspective on healing from the root. We're going to explore Sharon's path of healing, diving into her unique methodology that marries neuroscience, somatic therapy, and ancient mysticism. Sharon adapts her approach to meet the varied needs of her diverse clientele, including entrepreneurs, 
corporate leaders, and professional athletes. This conversation is set to be an enlightening journey through self-awareness, personal growth, and the power of tapping into our inner healer. So sit back and relax and prepare to be uplifted by the story and insights of Sharon Jean Land. A remark will start the season two of the Shine Within podcast. Wow. Thank you so much, Sharon, for joining me today. I'm excited to have you on. <laughs> thank you so much, Dina. I'm so excited to see you again. It was so lovely to meet you uh, a few months ago, and I'm just thrilled to be here on your podcast now. Yeah. So Sharon actually was a speaker at one of the events in San Diego that I attended. And me and Celeste, who actually worked, we worked together. Uh, we were in a business coaching group together. And so her and I attended uh, Sharon's Sharon's little workshop, and it was amazing. We learned so much. It was the secrets of highly successful and abundant entrepreneurs. And Celeste yeah. and I were like, this is perfect. And you were talking <laughs> about faith, how to strategize. We were talking about energetics, vision, and you just gave us an awe moment. So thank you for that. And I am so honored to have you on my show today. Oh, God, it was so good. It was so wonderful to see you guys. It was perfect. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to unfold here today in our conversation. I'm sure it's going to be incredible. Absolutely, because I'm all about gifts. And right now in mm -hmm. my journey, my healing journey, I'm learning more about my spiritual gifts. Um, mm. and I've been talking to some psychics mediums that have been on my show too, and I love them dearly. And they're just telling me, Gina, you know, you're a healer. I said, you know what? I have been told this many times because I do massage therapy for like 17 years. And every oh. guest at the Four Seasons Hotel, because I've been there for about 17 years, say, Gina, you're a healer. Your hands are magnificent. You should really have your own business for, for healing. I'm like, well, it's kind of also what I do in business coaching, you know, <laughs> or not business coach, I'm sorry, in coaching. And yeah. also in, in anything in life, <laughs> we're like natural healers. So 100%. I wonder, yeah. So, and also a side note on that, one of the ladies told me that, I was a sh male shaman in my past life in the 1700s mm -hmm. uh, in Costa Rica and it's in the tribe and the tribe still exists, but I forget oh the tribe's gosh. name. So I was like, wow, okay, it makes total sense then. So I know you are a healer. So yeah. I would just love for you to share the story of your early life and the special gifts you recognize in yourself and how these experiences shaped your journey towards becoming a healer. Oh my gosh, wow. So first I want to say that um, in my, in my journey of like going from the inward experience of having these gifts and, and being able to like have the opportunity and ability to be able to see, feel, taste, touch, have visions, downloads, channel, right. And it was kind of my own experience that I, um, didn't share with very many people to then um, starting to be able to try and like apply it to the world in PC ways, right? So like one of the things that I did was I became a licensed massage therapist, right? But but first did it with horses. So um, because I, I was an equestrian and um, I really, uh, I actually went to an equestrian college and, and I have had very, very long standing experiences with horses and horses were actually like the first animals or living beings that I actually did healing with and was able to really just be able to apply it. So like when I was seven is the earliest that I can remember having experiences. And I actually write about that in the book because I think it's like, 
um, one of the things that I get from a lot of individuals like you, where you're just like kind of exploring these gifts and then you just, you have something that just kind of spurs something in your, in your knowing, in your inner knowing, in your memory. It's not even just a memory. It's like, it's like something that's stored within the mind of like a, a whole tangible, tactile, multi-sensory experience. Right. And, um, so I wrote about that in the book and a lot of individuals, <clears throat> came back and said, oh my gosh, you know what? Now that I think about it, you know, I had the, and, and it happens very quickly, right? We think it's going to be this long drawn out process where we're like preparing for it and then we're doing it. And then we have the post thing, but it's literally like a matter of seconds or minutes that we have these experiences, especially when we're, when we're really deep into the gift. So, um, so when I went to college, I, I was in an equestrian college and I, I wanted to pursue it as a career because it was probably the safest space that I knew of that I could exist in. I really wanted to pursue something like art or creativity or whatever, but it became very competitive. And I, and I, at that time in my life, I was very young and I, um, was feeling a little bit too sensitive to, being criticized and judged for the thing that like came from my heart and my soul. So um, I went to an equestrian college and I just kind of always said, um, cause at that time there wasn't a lot put into the horses to help to condition them, to help to like honor kind of what their given trajectory was supposed to be, right? As far as like, what is their job? You know, are they happy doing their job? Are they fit and conditioned to be able to do their job? Do they have the right nutrition? And while my college was the number one college in the United States for this, it's still because of just the lack of awareness and lack of education and lack of acceptance. And the fact that like, there was no, there was no intersect of like these kind of more intangible things with the very tangible aspect of performance, right? And, you know, very, very um, specific aspects of like, you know, measurement and all of that stuff, right? So I, I actually wrote a paper on um, the aspect of like the horse, the soul of the horse, where the heart is of the horse, that we sit over the heart of the horse and like all of these different ways that like they have served as some of our greatest therapists in our lives and our greatest healers in our lives. And, um, and I remember like most of my friends were, you know, it was a very academic program because we were studying like all of the bioscientific aspects. So like people were prepared to then go on to become vets or whatever, or like, you know, perform at high, at high levels, um, and compete at high levels. Uh, and so some of my friends were doing just very, you know, the very linear thing. And, and then I was doing this and I was like scurrying around trying to find research. And at that time, there was no, there was no one who was practicing any kind of energetics on horses or any kind of like, and, but I knew that that was something that needed to be done. So flash fast forward to when I was, uh, a new mom to two, um, they were six years apart and I had a complete crash and burn in my professional career. Like I just, I was literally, I was so misaligned with what I was doing and I was working so hard. I was just definitely stuck in, um, this really like high performance aspect. And it was then that I said, okay, I'm going to go back to what's in my heart. I'm going to go back to what I had studied and what I knew and I found a woman who had started this whole practice, you know, 10 years prior and, you know, slowly started to integrate it. And she was like world renowned. And um, so I went and studied with her at her farm in Virginia 
and she was teaching classes. And so that's kind of how I brought it into like, you know, the more, you know, acceptable form. Although all of my family members thought I was nuts. Um, especially cause I was like high level corporate career, you know, just making a, you know, a lot of money and dying inside, you know, um, having health issues and lots of consequences to being misaligned. And so I was just like, I totally did a 180 and started in that direction with my entrepreneurship and, um, and, and training and doing competitions and that kind of stuff. But I, I said, if, if I'm going to start in this particular industry, I want to do it the way that I feel like is important from a holistic lens, a holistic aspect. So it was very interesting that like I had all of these gifts, I was able to do these healings. And so I was using those to help the animals who people were coming to bring to me because they wanted to perform and they wanted to, you know, do well in competition. Um, and so I was able to solve a lot of mystery illnesses and help through natural resources to be able to help the horses to perform at their best. Um, and so I started to attract all of these individuals who were very much aligned and aware where there was nothing spoken, where it was just like, oh, you have these gifts. It would They would say I was gifted. They would know that there was like kind of this like magical aspect that was this very like hard to hard to articulate with words. And so they, they, then the, the, the humans started to come to me and say, I, I feel like you're the only one who can help me. I don't know why, but can you help me with X, Y, Z? Um, and so I started working with the individuals who were riding the horses or owned the horses because they were, as the horses got better, the rider was then having a hard time connecting with them. And so they, they realized that they were misaligned. So it became a very beautiful practice. And that's where I was really able to start with a lot of my like declared medical mediumship where I was helping individuals, you know, one of my very close friends and my client had a huge tumor, skin cancer, and she didn't know it. You couldn't see it. It was invisible. And so I was working on her and I said, you know, I think you need to go to the doctor and get this checked out and, and, and you know, like front and back, um, same spot, front and back. And, um, and I didn't want to tell her that what, it, what I saw it to be, because I, I feel like the aspect of do no harm is very important. Right. So like, let her discover, this is her journey of discovery. And she went and lo and behold, like she had like an ice cream scoop size mass taken out of her chest in the front and in the back. Um, and she was like, if you hadn't discovered that, it, it would have gone unnoticed until it was much, much worse. So I started to gain acclaim <laughs> towards that as well, you know, and that was over 20 years ago. Wow. That is beautiful. So you were like the horse whisperer. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. And I've always was fascinated by horses. I actually hear that they're telepathic. <laughs> you can communicate with oh, them telepathically. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, yes. my stepdad is like a big fan of the horses. And so every time I see like any like a beautiful horse, like meme or a horse going along the, the beach running <laughs> beautifully, I always send him those and makes him happy in the day because they're beautiful animals. And they're, they're so, so smart. So stunning. So they're just stunning. They're stunning spiritual beings. They're highly spiritual. Yeah. Yes, that's what I hear. And so, and I told my husband, when I have my farm, when we have our farm, <laughs> 
I said, I want to have a nice, beautiful horse. <laughs> oh, yeah, you that's have to have. My, that's one of my goals for sure. Oh, good. Yeah. So going back to um, the mediumship, medical mediumship, can you go ahead and mm -hmm. explain that concept? Because that sounds so interesting and how it plays a role in your holistic uh, approach to healing. Yeah. So, well, you know, the universe really gives us challenges and areas where we're really meant to to, to be able to serve and provide. Um, and so for me, I always had this ability to kind of see, taste, feel, touch all of these different oddities, right? And so I, I at, at a very, very young age, I remember like my parents would have parties and friends would come over and their friends would come over and I would hear the arguments that they had in the car on the way over. I would see cancer. I would I'd have this knowing and I was a young child, like eight, nine, 10, mm -hmm. 11. Right. Um, and so I started to notice trends and patterns, right? Like it would become confirmed by, you know, life and experiences and then being told and, you know, that this person had that and, you know, so on and so forth. And so I, 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 I would just store it because in the beginning, I, I tried to share it with my parents, but it, I lived in an environment where that was so misunderstood to the point where it was um, completely dismissed and sometimes used as a form of like othering and a lot of um, abuse. So I learned very quickly that it was just like inside, I had to keep it all inside. Mm -hmm. um, so I was storing all of this information of, okay, so like this kind of tastes like this. And so this comes in like that. I, sometimes I get like a feeling like this in the back of my head when it's this and, you know, and I started just kind of compiling these record books in my head. Right. Um, and the interesting thing was that as I continued, so, so I did have a lot of traumatic experiences myself, um, growing up and my childhood was challenging, very challenging, um, in part because of, because of just the way that I was, um, it was very difficult because I, I didn't um, really fit in into the environment of my family system and to the society that I lived in and a part of the communities that I was in and all of that stuff, right? But what happened was because of that unrepaired, unhealed trauma and traumatic experiences that, that I'd had up until that point, I started to experience a lot of physical issues myself. Mm -hmm. So started out with like migraines, stomach aches, you know, that kind of stuff. And then it progressed to further disease, right? Like Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, um, you know, all of the autoimmune stuff, right? Like, um, and so I would go to medical, the medical profession and, and I'd have this knowing, and I'd almost like know exactly where it was coming from, but like at the same time was very reliant on my parents and their own belief in the medical system, which was heavily, heavily leaning in towards like science. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, Western medicine, and I would never get the help that I needed to help to heal at the root cause. Um, and, I would have doctors say, you're just going to have to, you know, I was like in my young twenties at one point and the doctors were like, you're just going to have to accept the fact you're going to be like, spend half of your life on the couch. Right. You're just going to be You're. this is just the way it's going to be. And I was like, that's a no for me. Yeah. Right. That's a complete no for me. And so not only did I learn the correlations of things that I experienced with individuals and living beings outside of me, I also 
had to greet a lot of the things that were not in alignment and in, in dis-ease within me. And I was like a phoenix rising. Like every time I would just figure out how to be able to work with my mind, to work with my body, to help to heal those things. So it became very specific. Like my knowing became very specific. And as much as I'm an artist and I'm a creative and I'm like an athlete and like all of these things, and I use my body for everything, right? Um, I was very um, organized and scientifically minded. And like, I could just kind of categorize experiences and figure out like all the little nuances and tiny details and intricacies that were very specific to that particular experience or disease, right? Um, Some people misunderstood that and they were just like, oh, so it was all in her head. Mm Right. And, and I was like, no, because if you look at my blood tests and if you look at all of like, you can see that this was really actually my experience, but, um, there was no, there was no connect the dots because it was so inconceivable that we could actually heal ourselves without a doctor, like cutting us or medicating us or treating us, you know, with, whatever devices they have and whatever. And I had had all different things. Um, and I had received a lot of treatment and there actually was like damage done because of the treatment that I had received. So I just, again, I, I very much kept it to myself, but was storing all this information. And then I just had all of these incredible angels along the way of my journey where um, they they understood it, that that was part of their language, that was part of their experience, or they believed in me and they believed in it. And they got to the point where they couldn't not address it. And so they would come to me and they would share with me um, what their experience was or the fact that they were very concerned about X, Y, Z. So I just started providing them with protocol and And I realized that like, I wanted to make sure I had a lot of integrity in the practice. Um, And so I started studying. So I started working with shaman. I started working with, you know, all of these different doctors who were like alternative medicine doctors or, you know, clinical doctors in their practice. But then like behind the scenes, they were these metaphysical doctors. Right. And so I had a lot of mentorship because I wanted to make sure that what I saw and what I understood and what I experienced which I knew that it was, it was one aspect of something, but it wasn't like all things. And I wanted to really have that complete awareness because I didn't want to do to anyone else what had been done to me, you know, which was very painful. So, so everyone, I I believe everybody has gifts. And we talked about this in the beginning and everyone has the capacity for their own medical mediumship, but It takes a lot of, in my opinion, you know, we all just kind of have like a particular predominant gift, right? Where it's just like a little bit easier. We have easier easier access to it, whatever it is, right? So maybe it's a little voice in your head. Maybe it's a little feeling that you have in your body. Maybe it's a vision. Maybe maybe your dreams are very lucid, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have, maybe you're a visionary and like all things that are coming, come to you in your dream, right? And um, so that's great. And you can work with that and you can play around with that, which is what? you know, the universe wants us to do. This is all meant to be play, right? Mm -hmm. Taken seriously, but we're meant to play with life. We're meant to enjoy experience, find joy in life. But when you get to the aspect of the medical mediumship, it's going to be very different, right? Like I'm sure a lot of people who are listening um, have read like 
the medical medium's book, right? Where he talks about the liver detox or, you know, particular thing for thyroid or whatever. And his is a very, his is a very kind of specific treatment, right? And so um, it's been very successful for a lot of people. However, there, I, I get the backflow of people where it didn't work because I do believe we're all bio-individual and we all have our own, you know, genetics and we have our own predisposition to whatever it is that we have. And it's very important to take into account where the person is right now in their own timeline and where their state of health is and how they're aligned and, and take the next just right step towards their health, towards their being, as opposed to like kind of forcing the ultimate, um, what it should be. Right. Right. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up because in my childhood, I experienced sexual trauma from ages six, six to 12 years old. And during that time, you know, I didn't know how to express myself at that age, you know, because it's supposed to be like, keep everything quiet. You're not supposed to tell yeah. anybody about these things. And it all went into my stomach. I was mm -hmm. having these horrible, like gassy pains and yeah. just incredible excruciating pain. Like my intestines was being squeezed like this. And <clears throat> I told my mom and then uh, that I don't feel well. And then she actually saw like, my intestines like moving from like my stuff viewing my stomach yeah, it was like sure. oh yeah so she took me to the host children's hospital and they went and uh did uh and when they go down your throat into your yeah. stomach uh and then take a look at everything down there yeah so they did that and they just came up and said I had irritable bowel syndrome I mean, I wasn't going bathroom or I didn't have any problems with that. And yeah. so that's what I was diagnosed. And this whole time I was thinking, oh, I have IBS. I have IBS. I have yep. IBS. And it wasn't the case. I actually didn't have IBS. I still don't have IBS. <laughs> what I had was some um, unhealed trauma that set in my stomach, causing me to have then anxiety later on in life in my chest, which yes. caused me to do other things that induce more anxiety, which is like alcohol and drugs. And, <clears throat> yeah. and then yes. there goes my life a spiraling downhill, you know, from, but I never got oh. to the root cause and we did yes. my feedback and this, but I never actually told anybody my, my secret until I was 22 mm. years old. So, and still, even then it was still very difficult, you know, <laughs> and it yeah. took a while to heal. Yeah. We don't realize how much we are our abuser's secret keeper. It, it goes in so many layers, right? And that's why I think it's so important for us to be trauma-informed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what industry we're in. And that's actually one of my main passions, especially for 2024, is that I really want to help create safe spaces for everyone to heal. And I don't think you have to be a therapist. I mean, there are... Um, you know, so many coaches that are out there doing incredible things, but they're not really trauma informed. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand because coaching is really future focused. Coaching is about going in and getting to the goal, crossing the finish line, getting the shiny object, ringing the bell, whatever it is. Right. And therapy in many ways, although I don't believe that's not how I provide therapy, but therapy in many ways is talking about like the past, right. Things that happened, you know, that we have to metabolize. Um, 
And I do think that, you know, we, we, we need to be better informed because of exactly what you're saying, but I'm going to take what you've shared and I'm going to take it one step further, if that's okay. Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful opportunity for us to really understand the incredible intersect of spirit, the esoteric and the biophysical aspect of our bodies, right? We are spiritual beings that are inhabiting with the soul and the mind. We're inhabiting this physical form, right? This is what we're here for. This is the dance. This is our journey, right? Um, you and I will continue to live on outside of this physical form, right? Mm -hmm. But the evidence of that actually shows up in our brain and in our spine. Mm -hmm. So the connection to spirit, the connection to something bigger and uh, outside of us is connected in our spine. So all of our past lives, um, if, if, if that's something that you believe in, I truly believe in that mm -hmm. past lives, you know, you had talked about, you know, being a, a male shaman. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Right. Like, <laughs> um, all of our trauma, all of, you know, there, there are specific intersects that happen based upon our lifespan development and our spiritual development that happens at the same time, right? We would not have even gain the concept of lifespan development if we didn't have a knowing of spiritual development and soul development. We just wouldn't. Um, and some of our greatest um, um, doctors and scientists at, who are known to be like, as you know, like gurus or whatever, and sometimes quacks, are the individuals who understand, right? Like, okay, well, we need to look at the astrological aspect of this individual in order to really be able to help them, right? We have to be able to take into consideration like context of other things in order to be able to help them. So one of the things that happens, and I would just, I don't know if you're gonna show a video of this or not, but this is yeah. just a chart that I use. So basically this is this is our nervous system, right? So our 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 parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. And so what happens when we don't feel safe, right? When we experience trauma is we become activated. We also become activated because, um, or we, we live in a constant state of act activation and survival because many times our parents um, who are doing the best that they can live in survival mode. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that that's not a healthy state and place to be in, right? So there's two different levels of activation that happen. The first one is sympathetic act nervous system activation. So what happens is sympathetic nervous system activation actually affects the brain and it affects the spine, right? And where we consider our nervous system to be and what it can to control all the way down to here. So many of my first responders, right? Police officers, firefighters, um, nurses, doctors, right? Who work in like ERs and ORs and that kind of stuff the majority of them have either issues with something in the back of their head, their Atlas TMJ with their jaw, right? They've had spinal issues, slip discs, neck replacements, right? Like um, cages put in their necks, um, spinal fusions, you know, um, it, it goes on and on and on and on, right? Fuzzy brain, right? And so that's because the majority of them have been in that state of required activation, high mobilization, high response, right? Mm -hmm. And it's probably because of the fact that that was their normal growing up. So they exceed, they excel in them. But what happens many times is that when that isn't, our body wants to regulate itself, right? It doesn't feel safe. It wants to regulate itself. So what happens is that 
then our body, if, if we can't get ourselves out of the sympathetic nervous system activation, then it goes to the dorsal vagal. So the dorsal vagal affects everything in the front. So our throat, our neck, our chest, our digestive system, our heart, our, you know, um, splenic, all of the things, right? And so we do find that many times when we've had something that's been not repaired and our needs haven't been provided to us and we're not safe in a safe environment, we actually have a dorsal vagal experience, which is where we experience a lot of the IBS, colitis, Crohn's, um, celiac, um, all of the autoimmune things, right? So lupus, um, I mean, there's like a new one coming out all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So the way that we actually can help ourselves to heal is to realize that this is not a healthy state for us to be in. We're designed to have it. We're designed to survive. It's helped to keep us alive, right? But the longer that we stay in these states of activation, the deeper and the more kind of rooted the disease is, right? So it starts with a lack of coherence. Things aren't the way that they need to be, right? So for you, what you experienced, because there was no repair for the experience, you were your secret keeper for all of that time. It still lived in your physical body and also was energetically vibrating out. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, and I don't mean that in the way that like, then that means that you're going to continue to, you know, attract, you know, that kind of situation. Cause I don't necessarily believe in that. Um, I believe we attract all of the things, but it's, it's what we choose to say yes to. Right. So, so addiction and things like eating, you know, severe eating disorders, um, any kind of, you know, um, substance use and abuse and addiction and, you know, and, and it goes far beyond that toxic. We, we are addicted to toxic relationships. That was my jam, right? Like all of these things, that is a way of us trying to regulate ourselves. That's a way of us trying to circuit break the fact that we don't feel safe and we need to figure out how. And the most common thing that we can relate to at this point is that what do people do when they get angry with someone else? They pick mm. up their phone, they start to scroll, right? Or if they're in an environment where they're uncomfortable, they don't wanna be there, they start to disassociate, they start to scroll, right? So it's our phones, um, uh, and, and social media, um, have a very interesting interplay with our nervous systems. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so while I love them and they're wonderful because it helps us to connect and, and it helps us to be able to take it beyond, you know, just the basic, um, connection, but I also believe that we have to be very mindful that like, what state are we in? when we go to that and what do we need to do first for ourselves before we go to that thing? Because anything that's an addiction basically is it's something that we choose to participate in and give energy to that has a negative consequence in the after effect. Right. All right. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for explaining everything. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and you had the diagram and everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. I got taking my notes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, I still notice I have uh, suffered from lower back pain and, mm -hmm. and I do a lot of stretching 
I'll tell like my family, you know, I'm, yes, I'm in pain. I said, but I'm going to go heal myself and I'll go in my bathroom, which is quite large. It has like, like the closets in there and everything. So yeah. I give myself my time. I'll do breathing. I'll do stretching and I actually feel so much better afterward. And your body tells you, like, I know, at least for mine, like my yes. body lets me know, like, Hey girlfriend, you need to go stretch yeah. right now or shake it out or do some jumpy jacks, you know, squats, go ahead and do some burpees as <laughs> 10 more burpees. No, it's like my yeah. coach, <laughs> but, uh, it lets you know, and I think the body is an incredible tool. I mean, it's, it helps us too. It helps our mind, our mind helps our body, you know, it all is connected. Yeah. So thank it's you so connected. much for sharing that. Yeah. 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 And then your book, the healer's journey. Yeah. Um, number one bestseller. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So you encourage readers uh, to take their time and to engage with the material deeply. What are some ways readers can actually go ahead and enhance their sensory experience to awaken their inner wisdom? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I think that the first thing is to really take some assessment, right? Like, how are you right now? What is your starting point, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think many times when we uh, read a book, um, or we are uncomfortable with something, there's something that we want to change, maybe the discomfort is just like, I want to be able to uh, make more money, right? Like, just you have this sense that you want to do that. You want to allow anything that you take in to really metabolize inside of you. Right. So um, we're so caught up in consuming that we don't allow the rest and digest. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want you to, I'm talking to the people who are listening at this point. I want you to really take a moment to sit. Allow yourself to let the day land. And then once the day lands, then I want you to allow yourself to come fully into your body. And when you come into your body, I want you to notice, does it feel like you're coming home and you can't wait? Or are you getting a little resistant to it? And if you're feeling resistance, we don't have to fix it. We just need to work to create a safer container. So maybe it's just taking a couple breaths in and out. Maybe it's allowing yourself to just like lay on the ground and ground. Um, Maybe it's stretching, maybe it's dancing, maybe it's just turning on some music and let yourself just move in your body. And then once you're fully in and embodied, then you can start to make some really wise choices towards what direction you feel called to move in because there's no perfect and right or wrong. It's just whatever your next right step is. Um, So when people read my book and are reading my book, the feedback that I get is that they actually, for whatever reason, felt this kind of like a coin hit the slot where they were just like, and it opened up something inside of them that they hadn't even realized. Um, I just came from um, Denver last week and I um, was one of the speakers at a great event and I performed an inner child healing. And so I talked about 
the ways that we show up um, that show us that the tools that we've utilized to survive are help are, are ways that we continue to use to help us to feel safe in environments as we continue to progress and perform. And so one of those things is people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's four core, but individuals who first started, they were just like, oh, I had such a great childhood. Like I'm good. Like I'll, I'll you know, I love me some me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but when we started the exercise, all of a sudden they started to realize there was this opening up of something inside of them where they were like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I had to show up and placate my family or my father or my mother or, you know, person X, right? Um, Because I didn't feel safe to 100% just be me in their presence without serving them without trying to make them happy without trying to make them laugh like there had to be a buffer of performance and and um and and placating that individual in order for them to feel safe to be in that space right Mm -hmm. and so we can do these assessments to say like how much am i abandoning myself and my needs right now right um how much do i restrict how much do I indulge? Um, how much do I push through? How much do I try and control things that are out of my control? How much do I overthink? How much do I have both sides of the conversation? Well, if I say this, then they're going to say that. And then if they say that, then I'm going to have to say this. And then they're going to do that. And then I'm going to feel this. And then da, 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 right. And then they're not going to talk to me for three months. And we have both sides of the conversation. We overthink things all of the time. And that's a sign of an area where we actually can help to repair whatever was so that it won't continue to be. Right. Yes. Always. I mean, I always think about, you know, how can I help myself? You know, cause like you said, we can heal ourselves. It's possible. Yeah, it is possible. And now you actually work with a variety of clients. You work with entrepreneurs, you work with yeah. athletes. Yes. And uh, what are some of their challenges? What, what is the most common challenge, I should say? And how do you tailor your approach to meet their their unique needs? That's a great question. Um, so everyone comes to me with their idea of whatever it is that they need. So, um, you know, they'll they'll come because they're having anxiety and panic attacks, right? Um, and so they'll just say, I, I, and so I'm having this and then they know how they want it to be fixed. So I just need you to help me to meditate. I need you to help me so I can sit and like just meditate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll say, okay. But then what we'll discover is the fact that maybe they're in an abusive relationship or they've created this empire we're trying to outperform something that happened in the past. Um, and now they had created a mirror reflection and patterning of all of the dis-ease that they had in their life and all of the things that were out of alignment. And now they were the ones who were pushing the ball forward with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of complicated moving parts to that because, you know, you just can't say, well, then stop, right? Yeah. Don't do it. Or whatever, because there's, 
Now we have houses and we have families and we have people who are relying on us. We have entire lives that are built based upon this co-creation, right? Um, that now has actually created our prison. Mm-hmm. And um, so many of my high performers, many of um, the individuals who come to me land at the point that they have um, created a life where they have a lot of attachments to outcome. Mm-hmm. And so the journey is allowing them to find freedom, ease, peace, joy, and health in their lives, in all aspects of their lives, not just one. So same thing with athletes, right? Like when you get to the high level of professional, being a professional athlete and you want to do it as a, for like any professional athlete, their their career is a a very narrow amount of time, really, when you think about it. Mm -hmm. We don't really realize that as the consumer, right? Because we just were so in it in the moment, but But athletes know that, and even if they don't know, there's a knowing that like, they're not going to be able to do this forever and ever and ever, but they can't even consider a plan B while they're doing it. Mm. They just have to consider, put all things in that help me to be able to go out and play, right? And do the thing. Um, And many times those are pharmaceuticals, lots of treatments right? And that then becomes the thing that they're attached to, to help them to continue to be able to do the thing. Yet there's such a negative consequence to it that now they're having this inner conflict, right? There are some, but those aren't the ones who usually land with me, but there are some that are probably just like, give me more. It's fine. I don't care. Right? Like, I don't care what happens to my body. I don't care whatever, like the most important thing is now, but Others really start to recognize that there is like, this is not a good long game. And what is this going to do to me and for me in the future? Like, I want to have children. I want to be able to, you know, like there's a life outside of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we're able to, and 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 the physical aspect is is also, I mean, I love working with the athletic mind because it is just like, it's so, it's huge. It's huge. Right. Um, but there still is always that fear, right? Because if, if we're athletes, we're going to have an injury, we're going to have had something scary. It hurts like hell. Um, I just actually, uh, interviewed a a former NFL football player, right. And worked for several NFL teams and loved it was great. But like, it was such a love hate relationship because the entire, like you just, you, you play hurt, you play hurting, you know, and, um, to have to deal with that in your mind is, is, um, you really need someone to help to hold space, to help to create a healthy, clear path for you forward. Um, because if not, you start to become tortured in your own mind. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I would say that, you know, from the entrepreneurial space and then like the finance space and the, you know, kind of corporate business space, it's definitely like, wow, I've created this life. It's, and it's heavy. Mm. It's a lot. 
right? And I just feel like I can't breathe or it starts to affect their health. And then on the creative side, you know, I, I work with like performers and people who are seen on, you know, media and TV and all of that stuff. They want to drop the mask. They want to be able to show up and be fully themselves. You know, we have these old systems in place, um, which were great, got us to where we are now, but they're not working for us now. So they're noticing how out of alignment it is for them to really be fully 100% authentic, right? Mm -hmm. And without the mask. I have some clients that have just like said, that's fine. Then I'm going, I'm, I'm going to choose the path less traveled and I'm going to do it in a way where I can stand in my integrity and whoever's meant to find me is going to find me. And whoever's meant to listen to these, you know, stories are meant to listen to me. And, um, and it's been an incredible journey to watch them because they're really blowing up and they have a huge story to tell, um, which is very relatable to many people in, in their audience. Right. I'm not sure if that fully answered your question, but yes, it did. And some, which is always yeah. a bonus. <laughs> yes. Cause just talking about my experiences with, I was an athlete in high school. I played basketball and I know that mentality is like, even the comparison mentality, like, oh, she's way better than me or she scored more points than I did or got more rebounds, you know? Yeah. I had that mentality and as well as like all or nothing, you know, you got to do your best or else, you know, and you got to keep your grades up otherwise else you can't play on the sport or on the team. And then I also had the mentality of the corporate America you got to get here on time. You got to hit a certain quota. You got to do, you got to do, you got to hustle and grind, hustle and grind, hustle and grind. Yeah. It's like, man, it's like, it's so difficult. And now I have a space finally where I can be myself, share my story, have it be relatable to others. Yeah. And I just, I am myself. Like I mess up. Okay. <laughs> All the time, you know, even on podcasts, I'm messing up words, introductions, whatever. <laughs> But it's me. I'm giggly. Yeah. And I love that. I'm happy that I'm yeah. giggly, you know. And if anyone were to say anything, then that's not my problem. That's their problem. Right. <laughs> that's not my problem. Yeah. And so it's just like my mentality is so different because I'm myself now. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you brought that up, the being authentic. Because I'm noticing a lot of people are like leaving the corporate world because it's too much for them, like gives them anxiety. And then the pharmaceuticals are not good for them. I mean, I've taken about six different kinds of pharmaceuticals. So I, I know what it's like being on those things. And it's not pretty. I think it created more anxiety more than helped. It just kind of mm -hmm. like numbs it for a little bit, but it never, like you said, got to the root cause, never did that. So I had to get the help that I needed for myself and do all that self-healing as well. So yeah. that's to bring up and excuse me, speaking of healing, um, your method involves, is it neuroscience, somatic therapy, yeah. ancient mysticism? I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> How do these elements actually work together in your practice to, to facilitate um, healing at the root level, I should say? Yeah. Um, well, I think that all of these things that I have studied and learned and am certified in and, you know, all, all of the things have been very meaningful and impactful to me in my own healing journey. 
every single time I was, it either was just a gift that I had that I just had to put something together for, right? Like, so a lot of my guided meditations and like somatic experiencing and, and all of those things are really just all me channeling and intuiting and helping you to go into your physical body. And we, you know, if you're open-minded enough to not be attached to who you're, what you're going to see, what you're going to, where you're going to go, you know, what's going to happen. Um, it's profound every single time. It's just, and, and it's such a gift for me to be on that journey and to be the guide um, as the individual becomes more aware of what actually like is within their vessel. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but then other things I have studied and, so it just really depends on how the person shows up, right? So um, we can only go as fast as our slowest moving part. And we can only be as strong as our weakest part. Mm -hmm. So I, I try and assess strengths. I try and assess what works. And then I look at what's getting in the way of you being able to be in your optimal expression, right? Many, many individuals are... Um, very um, activated. Um, so the first thing we do usually is we, I show them the chart and we talk about nervous system. We talk about attunement. We talk about what their normal is. We talk about, you know, where their idea uh, is of what their level of health is, right? Optimal health. And we together choose what's most important to them. All highlight certain things, but ultimately if you don't have a target to hit, then you could spend a lot of time overdoing, over giving, over performing over and, and thinking you're on the right track. And then like the other individuals just like, well, that was all great and everything, but like, I still have this pain over here. Right. It's just like, Oh, yeah. um, so, so it's very important to have very clearly identified goals and then revisit those goals and see if we're hitting it. I greet people where they're at. Um, so if like talking about mysticism or spirituality or um, higher power or, you know, the spirit of what things that are what inside of them, we don't, you know, people don't. One of the things that's very interesting about me is that like, while I'm highly connected and to the divine and have kind of access to a lot of different things um, esoterically. I've noticed that what I've what I've learned is that who I'm here to serve um, are individuals who are not. Maybe they're curious. Maybe they're just interested in just like a little bit, right? So while my practice and the depths of where I can go within all of those levels of mysticism and spirituality and all of that are very, very vast and deep and wide. The individuals who come to me may not be able to, or aren't interested in accessing that. Mm -hmm. But ultimately what happens is they find their self on their way to a journey of being much more aligned for their own soul path, right? Mm -hmm. So although there are other individuals that go way deep in and, you know, they, are learning like lucid dreaming and channeling and, you know, like it's, it's great. And it's, it's wonderful. Um, so, so it really just depends. I'm, I'm very dynamic. 
Um, and I have a lot of experience, lots of boots on the ground moments. And so I'm able to really into it how deep and how far and where we might need to go in order to create that awareness um, for them yeah. to be able to awaken to themselves. That's beautiful. Yes. And that's so nice that you're multi-talented, multi-gifted, multi, -talented, multi -talented. <laughs> you can do everything. And so, and you're using your awareness to say, Hey, what does this client need? Mostly this, I think this would be better for this client. So you really do meet them where they're at and then just go from there, just even channeling, you know, how you can help them. It's so awesome. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that we have lacked, all of us have lacked from the trauma lens is consent. Mm. I believe that most of our lives from zero to 18 to sometimes 24 are very much dictated to us. We're graded, we're assessed, we're told yes, no, we're, um, and there hasn't been very much consent, right? Especially when it comes to things like abuse, right? And so I think that that's why it's so important for me in the space that I hold to create a consensual relationship and to mentor healthy, energetically equitable relationships, because most people haven't experienced that. It doesn't matter how many millions or billions you have in the bank. It doesn't matter how many times you've been on a TV show. It doesn't matter any of those things, right? Mm -hmm. We are lacking consent. And um, so it's very important to me that that's part of my pillar and, you know, saying, well, what is it that you feel like you need, right? What direction do you want to go here? Here are the things that we have at our, you know, fingertips. You tell me, mm. right? Many people have, have a hard time even saying what it is that they need, you know, yeah. because they're, they're so used to somebody just telling them what, what, you know? Yes, I know. Cause we were, you know, conditioned that way where we're just like, you, mm -hmm. my way or no way you gotta listen, do it this way where we then didn't, we closed our mind. We didn't have much of an open mind and yeah. you, our minds are incredible. Yes. Like it could, it, the imagination is just incredible. And we've lost that, you know, as adults, cause we used to have it as children. That's why I think mm -hmm. children are so mad. I mean, we're all magical. The children are a little bit more magical than I the know. adults. And they're I know. so smart. Oh my goodness. My little ones are so smart. I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> yeah. They're just, if you allow them the space to be able to really be all of who they are, it is so incredible. I love working with kids. We have so many kids who are highly sensitive, right? Yeah. We have so many kids that already have this great access to their gifts um, because by design, the world is that we're living in, right? There's a, a much thinner kind of barrier between this world and the unseen world, right? So kids have much greater access now than they ever had, mm -hmm. which is, it's, I love it. I love yeah. it. That's why I always encourage my children to explore, 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 <laughs> use your imagination. Yeah. And then yeah. like, I like for, I'll give you an example my son, uh, when he's learning how to tie his shoe, he has asked me, how do I do it? How do I do it? I said, you know what? I want to see how you do it. <laughs> yeah. I said, I was taught a certain way, but you think for yourself and you show mommy what you would do. 
and he did oh my goodness it was all knotted and fun and and he tried he tried and I gave him massive kudos I said that is so cute honey but if you want to see mommy this is how mommy does it but you do it however you want but this is how I do it so I just show him how I do it because that's what I was taught but he was so cute oh I love the children (laughs) oh that's I love that that's such a wonderful way to parent Yes, because, you know, going back and thinking about my mom did the best that she could, you know, knowing what she knew from her mom who abused her, you know, and so we just do the best. And I feel like as uh, I have become aware and I've done the healing I mean, I'm still learning every day. I'm still healing every day. It's not, it's a, it's a journey, you know, everything is continuous for me. I, um, I want to pass that on to my, my children. I don't want them to feel like they're oppressed and, you know, they're scared to express their feelings or anything like that. No, I always, we always, we always do have like a family prayer as well together. And it's nice mm. to have them share their, their prayers and what they wish for. And it's, it's mm. nice to hear them. And I appreciate the children. Oh my gosh, Sharon, but thank you so much. I want to ask you, where can our listeners like follow you, get your book? Yeah. Um, So I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and all under the same tag, which is Sharon Jean Land, J-E-A-N-L-A-N-D. And um, I have some free meditations and actually a free vagus nerve reset that you can use so that you can help to improve your vagal tone so that you're not, it's easier to stay in a healthy normal. And so I'd love for whoever's listening to go in and, and, and get those, um, which is right in the, um, stand store link that I have there on pretty much all of my platforms send me a message, send a message in this. Um, I don't know where these, this is going to be posted, but like, I'm sure there's going to be areas for engagement. I'm happy to answer any questions. I love engagement. I love, there's no bad question. Um, and yeah, uh, the book is also in the stand store, um, available. Uh, so the link is directly there available, um, and Amazon. So you can search the healer's journey, Sharon land It usually comes up when you type in the healer's journey, um, but the healer's journey by Sharon land and Amazon and Barnes and Noble bookstores. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yes. And everything will be in the show notes for our listeners as well. But, uh, finally, what advice do you have for individuals who are just, or just starting to explore their own healing journey and are seeking to awaken the, the healer within themselves? Yeah. So, the first thing is to understand that to heal means to change and life is ever changing. Energy is life and it must always flow. So when you find yourself feeling a lack of that, that's a great place to go, but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong and there's nothing wrong or you're not broken. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. Um, so I think the first thing is to really fully radically accept and love yourself and find ways to be able to gain access to that. Give yourself grace. Sometimes we judge ourselves based on where we are now and we are judging things that we've done in the past and we're very hard on ourselves. We have to realize that we always I really believe in the infinite capacity of any and all to do the best that we can in any given situation. I don't think that we are we most of us are um here to cause destruction intentionally. I think we all 
want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be loved. We want to feel safe. We want to be protected. We want to have a safe place to land. So allow yourself to have that. And even if it means giving it to yourself, seek more things from inside of you than you do from outside of you. It's you to you all of the time. It's always you to you. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Sharon, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been so wonderful, Gina. Thank you for having me. It's been so wonderful seeing you and talking to you again. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to one 649 Again, that's G-I-F-T at one 649 With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.